0: Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. It is Mother's Day weekend, and it is Mother's Day, which I believe we should celebrate all month. Forget it. We should celebrate all year. Every day should be Mother's Day for the good ones that we love, right? Isn't that bad for the good ones? It is what it is. It is what it is. Oh goodness. But it is a time that we, we celebrate. It's a day that a lot of people are happy. They can't wait to send their moms flowers, take them out to eat. Probably many of us will be going to brunch afterwards or dinner. Mother's Day is a day where a lot of people like to honor their mom. And and, and we celebrate goodness in them and the good things that they've done. And we love on them and we buy them gifts and it's a day of celebration and honor. But that's for some. Mother's Day isn't a happy day for everybody. Some of us have, uh, maybe our mothers are no longer with us. And so for Mother's Day, it's a bit of a sad day. Uh, it could be a day where maybe we we didn't have a good relationship with our mother, so we don't look forward to this day like like some others do. And so it could be many reasons. Man, may, maybe relationships change, but Mother's Day isn't isn't the best for all. But so I, I wanted to I wanted to acknowledge that, and I wanted to acknowledge that because I think. Regardless, good or bad, good or bad, if you're, you had a great mom, that's wonderful. If you, had a, if you didn't have a not-so-good mom, that's fine. But there's an innate sense that we still all love and we want to protect our mothers, okay? Good or bad. Growing up, uh, there's two words that regardless if your mom was good to you or not, or home life was tough or home life was great, there was two words that it didn't matter if these two words came up. <laughs> they were fighting words. Somebody walk up to you and say, your mama. <laughs> your mama is a phrase that says, oh, hold up, hold up. What would you, you're talking about my mama. See, this is, what, this, is what, this is what I would do when I was growing up. We're, we're going here with it. <laughs> uh-huh, my, my mama, right? Oh, t- tell me about my mama, okay? Uh-huh. Hold this. Mm-hmm. Taking off the heels. We going we to fight today. Because that's, that's what you did. You fought. And then you just, you know, back then you had Lee Press on nails. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you didn't talk about my mama. I dare you. And then you over here talking to yourself. I can't believe this person over here talking to me. Tell me about my mama. You, you don't get to talk. I talk about my mama. You don't get to talk about my mama. I can say anything I want to about my mama. But you, you don't get. No, nah, uh-uh. Fighting the words. Boom, boom. And that's what we do. We fight. We fight for our mamas. Nobody says that about dads. <laughs> no offense, dads. No offense. No one's going to the hoops for dads, right? It's your mama fighting words. Your daddy. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's. All right. Oh, go ahead. He's he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. You're probably right. You're probably right. Sometimes dads get a bad rap. We'll have a good message for you guys on Father's Day, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we go to the... We, we'll fight. We'll fight for our moms, even good or bad. Because you don't talk about somebody's mom. But today, the title of the sermon is, Your Mama. <laughs> so don't throw stones, don't beat me up. Today's message is about your mama. And so... I'm gonna to try to talk about our moms uh, from the standpoint of our mothers, but if it relates to you, you can apply it however it needs to. Uh, I'd like to talk to you today about relationships and expectations. Um, but I'm gonna focus it more on the maternal aspect. But if you do not need it to apply, to the maternal aspect, that's okay. I want you to apply it uh, to whatever aspect you need it to. I'm just going to be talking today towards the maternal side, but if this applies to a father, a friend, a brother, a boyfriend, a husband, relationships in general, I want you to to use it that way, okay? And if this applies to you, personally, okay, if you are the blessed one or the offendee, we're gonna have, this is gonna be a probably a heartfelt conversation today is that okay Man. okay so i want to talk about our moms and some of us have some of us have good moms okay some of us have 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 great moms we have we have moms that that spoiled us okay some of us have have moms that they gave us everything whatever we wanted they just they gave it to us They were good to us. Some of us have moms that that showed us love and affection, always hugging and kissing. They gave us words of affirmation. They spoke things over us. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer when you get older. You're going to be successful. You're going to be a man of God. You're going to be a woman of God. Some of us have moms that are praying moms, always praying over us, okay, keeping us at night, They don't go to sleep without a prayer for their children. You have those moms that, they're good, they give you wisdom, okay? You come to her and she's got the answer for you. Always speaking to you in due season. Got a word for you when you need it. Oh, it's a good mom, right? Some of us have moms that would give you advice on relationships even when she was single. But the advice was true. Some of us have moms that would spend her last penny on us and would go hungry to make sure that you ate. Some of us have moms that would save up her money for you to get your first car, a new car. And she would still be driving something old and broken down. Good mom. Maybe you have one of those moms that paid for you to go to school, worked hard, worked two jobs, three jobs, so that you could get an education, a good one that maybe she didn't have. Or maybe she didn't have the opportunity to because she sacrificed for you. Maybe you have a mom that was your world, your everything, she was your go-to gal. Maybe you had one of those moms that would bend over backwards for you. She would be your safety net. And anytime you got in trouble, I'm calling mom. Anytime you got in a pickle, I'm calling my mom. Because you know what? My mom's going to rescue me. My mom's going to get me out of this situation. Maybe you had one of those good moms that's going, you already know, I can go to her. For anything. Your mom was almost perfect. Maybe she took you on great family vacations. Maybe she was a mom who didn't have a whole lot of money, but she still gave you what she could at any time. It's a good mom, right? Maybe she was gracious. We love those moms, and and this is why we honor them. A gracious woman deserves honor, right? So we celebrate. We'll do anything back for our moms because she sacrificed everything for us. So, so happy Mother's Day, Mom, yes, because you, you, you were everything for us. But what if that's not your story? I think sometimes we kind of forget that everybody doesn't have That same story. Let's be honest here. Not everybody has the best relationship with our mothers. And and I want to be clear for a second to just distinguish that. This mother could be the mother that birthed you, or she could be the mother that raised you. Okay? It's your mom. But let's say we, we didn't have that, that, that good mom. Maybe some of us have, have had relationships with our mom where we lost respect for her a long time ago. Maybe, maybe some of us, we don't like Mother's Day, and it's hard because maybe your mom left you. Maybe, maybe you feel abandoned by her. Maybe, maybe, maybe she was in a scenario where she had to give you up for adoption. And so, so you've carried a sense of abandonment and rejection. And, and maybe you, you're in a spot where you do see her, but there's still something still there when you do visit with her. Or maybe you've never got a chance to meet her. So there's still something there that asks the why. Why? Maybe maybe, maybe your mom did some things that almost seemed unforgivable to you. Maybe, maybe you had brothers and sisters and she favored your brother over you. Or maybe she favored a sister over you and 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 why can't you just be more like your brother? Why can't you just be more like your sister? Maybe, maybe some of us had those moms who kind of talked down to us and devalued us and, and, and never allowed us to really say anything. Maybe, maybe we we couldn't say anything back. We always just shut up, just be quiet. I don't want to hear anything you gotta say. And they applied a rule of children should be seen and not heard. Silenced you. Maybe, maybe some of us have those moms who maybe growing up or now, they chose a boyfriend or a spouse over you. And you felt rejected. You know, it's your word against his. And I'm taking his side. No, you're just saying that because you don't like him maybe maybe you had a mom that never believed anything you said, just never believed anything you said you she just always thought you were constantly lying. Maybe you were treated differently. Maybe you had a mom who just didn't respect you. maybe she never celebrated you. you never got you. You never got acknowledged for anything. You you couldn't do anything good. Maybe, maybe maybe your mom wasn't like some of the good moms, right, that affirmed you. Maybe your mom didn't affirm you. You you never got acknowledged for nothing. You you could never do anything good. You, You would never get any sort of affirmation or praise from her. Maybe your mom was so saved, so saved, That in church, she's Holy Roller Jesus, but then at home was a different lifestyle. Maybe she splattered Jesus on everything, but her actions were antithetical to what she was saying and showing to others. And then you were always on the opposite end of that. Maybe your mom was just mean and hateful. Maybe you didn't, maybe, maybe she was just cranky and grouchy. Maybe some of us have moms that are incarcerated. And so when you get to see her, it's this. So we don't think about that. You know, when we have, when we have, we have good moms, we don't think about those who we don't, who don't. And you don't have no clue who the person sitting next to you whose mom is on the good or bad list. Maybe, maybe your mom is a, is a woman that was on drugs, or had a life of prostitution, or maybe your mom lives a lifestyle that you don't approve of. Can I tell you today that, that these are real? These are real scenarios. And I'm pretty sure that these are real scenarios in this room. Maybe your mom is just plain absent. Maybe some of you have, your mom went on to be with the Lord. She's no longer with us. And maybe some of us haven't even forgiven her for leaving us. Right? Because when she's your friend and you love her, there's a level of, of absentee, like she left you. So sometimes in our heart, we had not forgive our mom for leaving us in this world alone. Anybody out there today? Yeah. It's a Debbie Downer word, isn't it? God, it's depressing. <laughs> Get on with it, huh? <laughs> it's not. But I want, to, I want you to look at something. All of that is in this room. And all that could be listening on podcast. We are all in very different situations and scenarios and relationships in our lives with our moms and with people. And so I want to talk today about relationships and their expectations. And I want to show you that in the word, I want to go through some scriptures with you about some moms who have kind of had some similar or same scenarios as we do now. And so I don't want you to turn. I just want you to listen Okay, I just kind of want you to listen, and I just want to go through a few of them so that some of our moms kind of are in this scenario where moms and people do things that they feel is what they need to do at the time that is best for them. Whether it's good or not, whether they're right or wrong, people make decisions based on what they feel is the right thing to do at that time and point in life. And we may not agree with it, and it might be the dumbest decision, but that's what they think. That's what they think, and that's what they feel, and that's what they do in those moments. And so I want to walk through the Bible with you with a few scriptures of some moms that may share some similar stories with us. Can we do that? All right, so some of you may have what I call the desperate mom, and either this could have been your mom or the one that raised you or... This could be you as a mom. So I just want us to make sure we're, we're, we're listening with our heart this morning, okay? So we have the desperate mom in Mark, Mark chapter 7, verse 25 through 30. I call her the desperate mom. The desperate mom was a Syrophoenician woman that came to Jesus at his feet and said, Jesus, my daughter is at home and she's got a devil. Please cast her out. How many of us feel today like our kids have devils? (laughs) Some of our kids right now in children's ministry probably got some devils in them that we're like, Jesus, if you don't lay hands. (laughs) I'm pretty sure some of our moms thought that about us. Probably thought, my child has a devil. She is or he is the devil himself. (laughs) There's a desperate mom, okay? we Will go to prayer, go to bat for you. Then you have the tough mom got a tough mom. who She got she to deal with stuff to protect her kids. She got to deal with stuff to protect her kids. Now, don't throw stones at me. I'm about to talk about Abraham for a minute, all right? I'm about to talk about the father of many nations for a second. So in Genesis 25, 5 through 6, uh, Abraham in his latter years uh-huh, got married again. And this is pretty much after Sarah passed. He married a woman named Keturah, okay? Keturah, had six sons from Abraham, okay? She had six sons in his old age. Abraham Abraham was not tired. (laughs) He was not tired. So Abraham said, Keturah, let's get together. She had six sons. Now, here's the important part of this. It says that In his old age, Abraham gave all, everything he had to Isaac. Okay, Isaac is the child he had. He's the promised child that he had from Sarah, okay? But Keturah is later on in the scripture. Later on, Isaac is already grown up, okay? And he has six kids from her. It says that Abraham, before he dies, gives everything to Isaac. And he gave Keturah's six kids a gift and sent them away. So it's like, this is Father Abraham. Okay, he got everything. This is the man. He's got land. He's got cattle. He's got, he's got it all. Okay. And he gives it everything to Isaac. Everything I have, boom, you got it. And to the six kids over here, he's like, you know what? <laughs> you get a watch. And then you you get, some, you get a pair of shoes. And then you, let me see. You know what? You can, you can have my toe ring. You get my toe ring over here. He gave them gifts and said, see ya. So now let's just put ourselves in couture shoes for a second. You married Bill Gates. <laughs> All right, you married Bill, right? And Bill... You know, his first wife, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but she goes on and you have some kids with Bill. Bill's like, you know, uh, it's been real. I, 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 you know, this was a comfort relationship and I know we got some kids together, but I'm going to give each, I'm going to give y'all $200. You get $200 and you get $200 and you get $200. And his other kids get everything else. Can you imagine the rejection that her kids must feel that she has to kind of carry that I don't get nothing that my daddy doesn't honor me you know mom walks around with compassion that's Keturah alright she's the tough mom because they had to go away and she had to deal with that by herself while Abraham laid up and died then you have the broken hearted mom in Second Samuel 12 15 this is about Bathsheba and David David did not do right and it cost it cost Bathsheba her child's life she lost a child right that's a broken-hearted mom that's it's it's not natural to lose your child before you level of brokenness that happens then we have the no matter what the cost mom this is the manipulated, you know, she can, it's the good mom. She's a good mom, but you know, she'll she'll do something. You know, she'll get a little something on the side. She'll do whatever it takes to get her way. No matter what, she'll do it. This is the no matter what it costs mom, Rachel. Okay. Rachel will do whatever. Rachel is the drama queen. Not a big fan of Rachel. Rachel's a drama queen. Back in the Bible days, if you couldn't have kids, it was like, you know, the end of world for you if you couldn't have kids. And so Rachel is like, give me kids or I'll die. Well, no, Rachel, you wouldn't really die. You just, you're being dramatic. You're being dramatic. But Rachel, Rachel wanted kids so bad, so bad. Back in the Bible days, they had slave girls, okay? And what I would call them today would probably be personal assistants. Not a personal assistant. OK, I won't say admin because then it gets touchy, but personal assistance, All right. And so Rachel wanted kids so bad and she couldn't have kids. She thought, you know what, I'm going to have my personal assistant sleep with my husband and then let 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 her have some kids for me. And then now I'm going to make you the surrogate mom. Right. That's what she did. Desperate mom, desperate mom. And not that that's a bad thing, but in Rachel's case, Rachel had, she was in competition with her sister. Her motive wasn't pure. Motive wasn't pure. And not only once did she tell her to sleep with her husband, she was so desperate, she's like, yeah, sleep with my man again. Who does that? Who does that? Who's like, yeah, go sleep with my husband. and Go have some kids. Do it again. Oh, you did good, girl. Do it again. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so now we have the insecure and devalued mom. The insecure and devalued mom, because there's some of those too. And the insecure and devalued mom is Leah, okay? This is Rachel's sister. In Genesis 30, verse 19 through 20, after Leah pushed out six boys for Jacob, six boys for Jacob, she said, now my husband will treat me with respect. She wasn't valued. She didn't feel valued. She didn't feel respected. And sometimes as kids, we don't know what the marriage is like between the mom and the husband. We assume before what we see, but we don't know what it's like between the spouse. You have the blended family mom, which this one, listen, this is Sarah and Hagar, all right? And forgive me, I'm not a fan of Sarah. I really like Hagar. I feel like she was put in a bad spot. All right. Hagar was a gift to Sarah from Egypt when they moved over. Um, When they left Egypt, she was a gift to Sarah and Abraham, but really a gift to Sarah. And Sarah couldn't have kids. And she thought, well, I'm going to do this myself. And she's like, Hagar, you and Abraham should sleep together. Abraham, sleep with her. And then she'll have our kid. So then Hagar goes and they sleep together with Abraham and they have Ishmael. And then all of a sudden, Sarah don't like Hagar no more. <laughs> all right, now, now Sarah don't like her. They're, they're, because then she gets pregnant, and then now you've got the two kids growing up, and now we've got a blended family. So now we have the moms at war. And, and Sarah was so disrespectful to Hagar that Hagar left twice. She left. She ran away. Because hey, Sarah was treating her so bad and talking down to her so bad and had so much disrespect for her. And some of us are in blended families where the moms don't like each other, right? And they're disrespectful to each other, and it's, and it's tough. And you, but you've got to deal with it, because you've got the same daddy, right? So you don't want the kids affected. So how do we tolerate that? Then then we have uh, the mom, you know, who had to give her child up for adoption. And we know who this is. This is Moses. Do you know that Moses was adopted? The situations and the circumstances surrounding uh, Moses was treacherous. It was dangerous. And the mom at the time, his mom at the time, thought it would be better to give my child up and hope that his life be preserved than to run the risk of the Egyptians finding him and taking him out. So she felt like she needed to do that and give her child up for adoption at the time, in that moment, she had to make a decision. And she had to hope that he would be taken care of. Then some of us have the prostitute mom. 1 Kings 3.16, there were prostitutes that were also moms in the Bible. And then some of these stories, there's so many, they get dark. Uh, There's a mom I call the mental illness mom, very serious. They did not have pills, okay, and psychiatrists back then to help. But there was moms that did not have it all together up here. And that story is actually quite dark that I'm not going to read it. But some of you may know it. Um, It's 2 Kings 629. And really, this was really, we're not saying, oh, she just crazy. No, she was really, really crazy. Because in desperate times, she didn't know how to call on the Lord. And so she started taking very extreme matters in her own hands that in your own natural right mind, you would never do. You would never do. Mental illness, mom. And then and we've got Eve. Eve was the perfect mom. Eve, Eve, Eve was the mother of all, because Eve was in a perfect place. In the garden, okay, or in Eden, where God created Adam, he placed them in the garden. So the garden was a separate part from Eden. It was a separate part. And Eve was in the garden. And Adam called Eve the mother of all living." OK? in the garden first time you even hear the word mother um and eve was the perfect mom because she was in a perfect place the garden was a great place it's where you heard the voice of god it is where god's voice walked through it it was his presence it was where they communed it was where the animals were at peace everything was at peace everything was lovely and perfect and blissful in the garden That's where you wanted to be because that's where the presence of God was. So Eve was in a perfect place with God. And to me, the only thing Eve did wrong was listen too long to a thought. The perfect mom, the good mom, she entertained a thought for just a little bit too long. Because sometimes when you entertain a thought too long that's not a right thought, then your actions start to move on it. And that's really what happened. She just entertained a thought for far too long. Great mom, in a perfect place, in right standing with God, constantly in the presence of God, hearing God's voice, never doubted what he was saying. She just entertained a thought for too long. Jezebel, we all know Jezebel. She was evil. Her husband was evil. Her kids were evil. Everything she did was evil. And she died a horrific death. Her whole house was bad. Everything. It was just rotten. So I wanted to show you that sometimes our modern day lives are not so far from people that have lived in the Bible days. And relationships they're an interesting thing, especially when it comes to our moms, because it's intimate. Our moms, whether good or bad, they were the cradle of life for us. They were the first one to touch us, the first one to nurture us, the first one to feed us. They are the first people we know Our genesis begins in our mom. We all have a natural desire for an intimate relationship with her. That's why when our relationships are bad with our moms, we're mad and frustrated and we're not good. Because it's our mom. You took care of us. You're supposed to be there. Why aren't we having a good time? Why aren't we in communion? Why is this disarray? Why is there this disconnect sometimes? It's, it's not natural. You birthed me, you nurtured me, you touched me. So why aren't you touching me anymore? Why aren't you nurturing me anymore? It's the way God intended it for our moms to be in divine connection with us. You know, the dads, they sowed the seed. Again, no offense, dads, you guys are going to have your day in June. But for now... <laughs> Guys, you sow the seed. How many know the moms do all the work? <laughs> I got a couple of claps. The moms work hard. The moms work hard. So I want to, I want to show you something. I want to show you the, the Hebrew word. Maybe I can't show it to you, but I want to explain it to you really quick. The Hebrew word for, for uh, in the scripture. Oh, there it is. Good job. Uh, The Hebrew word for mother in scripture is M, M, okay? Now, the Hebrew language is a very beautiful language. It it, it goes far more deeper. If you guys can leave that up, that would be great for a minute. Um, The Hebrew language goes far more deeper than our English language. Our language, we use the alphabet. In the Hebrew, they use the alephbet, okay? Sounds similar, but it is different. That Aleph is the first letter. Their letters have a meaning behind it. And then not only do they have the bet that has a letter that has a meaning behind it, they also have ancient pictograms' meaning, uh, meanings, which the pictures have a meaning behind it. And then not only do the pictures and the letters have a deep meaning, then they also have a numeric value. OK, so the first letter of their bet is the Aleph. Okay. Which the numeric meaning is number one, which means a deity, godlike. Okay, um, the translation of the ox means God, the Father, deity, strong. The ox is the picture of the aleph. It means strong, the first, the leader. It would be the ox that led the other animals. Okay, it shows power and might and strength. Okay, so that would be the picture. So the in Hebrew the word mother is the Aleph and the M put together, just those two letters. The second letter is the Mem, okay? Which means water, liquid water, massive, chaos, or raging. It also means peaceful waters, it means water. However the waters come, it's water. So when you put the two letters together, mother deeply means far more than just the one who birthed you. It means the first one, the one of power, the one of strength, the first strong water giver, life giver. Okay, it puts you in the context of when you are carrying a baby, when a woman is pregnant, okay? The baby is cradled in amniotic fluid, okay? The baby is cradled, it is surrounded by water water is life it's life giving the water has to be there or the fluid has to be there to protect that baby it also gives some proteins and nutrients and carbs and it and it gives the baby strength and it protects the baby and that water's got to be in good standing if there's too much water then there's problems if there's not enough water then there's problems okay there could be birth defects. The baby won't grow, cannot grow, if there is no water to support that baby. Do we understand? So, so depending on, we can have instances where things happen in the womb. Things happen in the womb where the water, the life-sustaining, can get chaotic. But then we have some, some pregnancies that are peaceful. just depends on the situation. She gives life. The mom gives life. But sometimes, depending on the scenario, the water and the life she gives can be chaotic. The water and the life she gives can be peaceful. We don't always know. It's, it's not a perfect place strong water giver, life water. No one said that the life she gave had to be a good life. It just said she'll give life. I want to, I want you guys to see that sometimes in life we don't have a perfect scenario, outcome upbringing. I'd mentioned Eve earlier, and I want to mention her again. When Eve was in the garden, she was in Eden, but when God placed her in the garden, she was in a perfect place, perfect world, heard God's voice clearly. It wasn't until she got kicked out of the garden, a non-perfect place, okay, where she began to have kids. Nowhere in scripture does it say that Adam and Eve had kids inside the garden. In Eden, but not inside the garden. And even Eve did not start having kids in a perfect place. Because she didn't have them in a perfect place, her kids grew up somewhat troubled. She was the first one to experience her son go to prison. First one to experience what murder was like. Perfect mom. But yet the kids grew up quite differently. Not in a perfect place. And you think, well, but you, it's it's been tough. Like it's, it's been it's been tough. It's not a it's not an easy relationship. You don't know my mom. You know she she's not one of those good moms. You don't know her. That's okay. I don't have to know her. There's a scripture I want to show you. I want to read it to you because I want you to see that. Yeah, we may not have the perfect moms. And, and, and we may not always be happy on days like today. But God knows where you've come from and where you've been. And he knows your troubled waters. Jesus was born in a troubled time. Moses was surrounded by troubled waters. Not everybody came out of a perfect place. But we have to know that we have our part to do. We can't control what other people do. We cannot control other people's actions. But here's what we can control. We can control us. But I want you to see something. I want you to see that God knows. He knows what it's like, even if I may not know. And he's with you. There is a scripture. It's Proverbs 11. 11 verse 29 and, and this is for those who haven't had the best relationships. This is for those who haven't had the best. Uh, it was tough. It could have been tough growing up. And I want you to see what the scripture says about it. I didn't find this until last night, honest to goodness. It says, whoever brings trouble in his own household will inherit the wind. Whoever troubles his household. We're talking about the paternal factor, the maternal factor. You know why? Because they're the godlike, right? Didn't we see Aleph on the name? The strong, the leader, the first. It says, whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind. What that means is, if anybody in here can catch the wind, I wanna see your hand. Can't do it. That means you get nothing. They end up getting nothing. And God says, I see your pain. I see the things that you've been through. I understand how you've been raised. I understand what it was like. But I promise you, in the end, their actions, are not going to yield them anything. It says, and the fool will be a servant to the wise-hearted. Oftentimes, and even later on in life, it's time that heals, But he said later on in life, if they don't change, if their foolish ways is going to end up serving you, those that are wise-hearted, coming back to you, going to need you for something. I want to show you uh, what that means a little bit more in depth. It says the person who troubles his family, his children, his wives, by being bitter to one another, by being angry to one another, By provoking your wife and your kids to anger, or your husband and your kids to anger, uh, by doing wrong, uh, by continuing to give out menacing words, which means talking down, belittling, degrading, okay? By um, being idle, not doing nothing at all. Maybe he's not or she's not active. Maybe they're just a lazy parent, okay? Maybe not providing for the family, not doing what they're supposed to be doing as the leaders. Okay, as the leaders who touch you. Maybe that. Maybe they weren't doing that. Uh, Maybe they were worldly. Maybe they didn't follow follow Christ at all. Okay. Maybe they weren't following the Lord. Okay. Okay. He's saying that if they're doing all this and and they're putting their job before the family and. they're not considering you and they're never home because they're always working it is it, for the work it says if you also also if he has a temper or if she has a temper your mom constantly angry constantly bitter it says they shall inherit the wind they will get nothing but emptiness and that he or she shall come to nothing and they will get nothing and what he or she does They will not keep, and they cannot live. And the fool that they are will be a servant to the wise. Who's the wise? The God-fearing people. That is you. Who's not dishonoring them regardless of the situation. I told y'all, this message is going to be a little bit tough this morning. But I don't want us to keep going on celebrating a day where we're sending out a card and we're sending a flowers because we don't want to go ourselves, And I don't want today to keep being a day where we're just like, oh God, it's Mother's Day. Well, let me just do this. And your heart genuinely is not in it because we're still angry or we're still mad or we're still frustrated or we're still hurt. Listen, a gracious woman gains honor Yes, we celebrate those who has been amazing, but those that haven't, you know, you say, but you don't, you just don't know. I don't have to know. Because if they don't get their life right, according to this scripture, they're not going to have anything in the end. Do you all understand that? And well, I'm not saying that to be like, ha, 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 revenge. Terrible moms are going to get your day. No. Why is that? Colossians 3:13 The whole chapter of Colossians 3 says, put off the old and put on the new. What he's saying is, come on guys, no longer are we going to keep walking around with this art. We have to put on our big girl panties, girls, and our big boy underwear, boys and toughen up. We cannot stay a victim forever. Verse 13 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, that's you, that's you, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves in what? Tender compassion, kindness, clothe yourselves in humility, gentleness, and patience. And verse 13, here's the important. It says, bear with one another. Bear with them. I don't know what's happening up there. It's okay. But you understand what I'm saying? You got to bear with them. At the end of the day, this really isn't about the mommy or the daddy issue in here. It's about you. And how are you handling yourself according to God's word and his scripture? How how are you doing? Because we can't control what others do. We can't control how others act, but we can control us. We can control us. And maybe you have a great mom, but there could be other relationships in your life that you got to work on you. It says we've got to bear with one another and forgive. To forgive somebody is to ask a very big thing for a person to do. Forgiveness is a big thing. But our Lord says for us to do it. We have to forgive one another. Why? Because he forgave us. And if we can honestly say that we walk in perfect (coughs) uprightness and we have done nothing wrong then okay then don't forgive if you are perfect and you haven't done anything wrong then they don't deserve forgiveness because they should be like you we all should be like you but they're just people too moms and dads are just people too and we have to do our part And we've got to walk in compassion and forgiveness regardless of what they do or how they are. Put off the old and put on the new. Nobody was born in perfect waters. Nobody was born in perfect waters. In closing, I want us all to get to a point where regardless if we have a great mom, if we have a wonderful relationship with her, honor her. Honor her to a point where it is burdensome to her. Burden her with your honor and your love because it is a privilege to do so. But if maybe you don't have that kind of mom and you don't have that strong relationship with her and we can't control. You're going you're gonna to go home after this message and, and try to do your best. Okay, Juliet, I'm going to go try and do my best, but she's going to still be mean and evil. Let her. Let her. That's, that's not on you. You have to allow God to deal with them and you've got to let God work on you. I'm going to share this story um, and then I'm going to fully close. It's the second closing. So that's what preachers do, they're in closing. And then they got nine more sermons after that. See, that's what happens. I just want to share this with you. And I hope that this little story helps somebody in here today for whatever situation it is. But when I was growing up, uh, I have, uh, as you all know, that my father passed away in, in 12. And, um, but when I was growing up, he was a terrible husband, Okay but an okay dad. Do you understand that? He was an okay dad, but a terrible husband. And he'd done some many bad things as far as to my mom and my siblings, very abusive, and I saw quite a bit of stuff. And not once did my mother ever talk anything bad about him. She doesn't know to what extent that I've seen, but she's never said anything bad about him. But every now and again, randomly, randomly, nothing was happening, this could have been a day where everything was absolutely fine, she would say to me at five and six years old, Juju, I just want to tell you something. She says, Juju, I want you to know that your dad is just your dad. But you only have one father, and that is your father in heaven. Your dad is just your dad. And I would say, okay. And she said, that's in the Bible, Juju, that's in the Bible, And I'd say, okay. And then randomly, another time, randomly, nothing is going on. She'd say, Juju, your dad is just your dad. He's just your dad. He had you. But you only have one father, and that is your father in heaven. And she would say that to me randomly, and I don't think she knows to what effect it had on me, because here's what that said to me was, oh, my dad is just my dad. And I have a real father in heaven that would never be abusive, that would never be mean, that would never be disrespectful or dishonoring, that would never do bad things. And I separated the two. And so I was like, oh, he's just my dad. He's gonna make mistakes, because he's not perfect. And he's not living up to the godlike stature he should. Oh, because he's not God. He's just a man. But I know and I'm confident that my Father in heaven would never do these things. Thus, it has formed a very deep relationship with my Father in heaven. I've never had daddy issues because I've always separated it, and I've done it with people. Many people do not disappoint me. Why? Because you're just people. And you're gonna do dumb stuff. <laughs> sometimes you're gonna be idiots. And sometimes you're gonna be great. Because you're people. And you're not gonna get judged for either way. Sure, some things might be hurtful that you do or whatever, but you're people. When you do amazing, I celebrate it. I think it's great and I try to challenge people to keep keep living their best life and doing their best. But when you don't do so great, you're not disappointed. I rarely get disappointed by anything anybody does. I can't remember the last time. People do not disappoint me because you're people and you're going to do it all the time. So instead of me keep going crazy and emotional over it, I expect you to do stuff and I expect you to do dumb stuff, okay? And that's fine, but don't put your mom and dad to a higher standard and expect them to be perfect when we're not either, okay? So I want us today to make sure that our heart is right, okay? And if you try to restore a relationship, if there's something challenging, and it's not reciprocated, that's okay. You're just doing your part. You do your part, and God sees that. You can't control them, but make sure you pray for them. My father was not right. He didn't get right until his deathbed, and it didn't matter. I didn't dishonor him, not once. I didn't mistreat him, not once. I did not disrespect him, not once. That man has gone, and I have a clear conscience. Not once. Why? Because I expect him to be people. Does that make sense? And I did my part. And I just, I just loved him, no matter what. And he gave his heart to the Lord on his deathbed. Never know when it happens, but I'm grateful. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.